Hello, and welcome to the second episode of The Memory Box, where I talk about nerdy stuff and just things that from my childhood. I'm your host. Now, today is our second episode, and I'm going to make it a little special, because today we are talking about Treasure Planet. Now, if you have not seen this movie, go watch it, please, because it is fantastic. It is a masterpiece that almost broke Disney which is a fact that I both find hilarious and loathe at the same time. Now, this film is the two, quintessential 2000s era Disney film. Like, we got things like, another great example in the style besides Treasure Planet is Atlantis. That's another movie that I may or may not talk about in the future, but besides the point. Now, where to begin? I guess the beginning of the movie. Get this beautiful looking title card, and then we start with this narration of a book, a story. And we get this narration about this pirate named Captain Flint. Now, you get to see this guy. And, uh, well, he's not exactly human. He's got quite the face, (laughs) to say the least. Ugh, nightmares. Nightmares for weeks. Anyway, you see him raid this ship, and this, just the way, just, this was during the era where CGI was very touch and go. There was some good, there was some bad, but everything that's been hand-drawn and everything that has CGI, the way they have made it, it just melts together in just this perfect way that it's almost seamless. Now, later on in the film, you'll see some scenes where you're just like, that's definitely CGI. But others, you, you'll never guess. Anyway, as we cut out, we see this little boy hiding under his covers, reading the story, or having the story recorded. It's very weird. It's very interesting technology they have in this film. This film is kind of very sci-fi very steampunk kind of ask from what i remember i've not watched this film in some time but anyway this little boy just <laughs> you see this happy little boy named james hawkins but then you cut back then we cut into the future this weird this really cool fade from him being this this little boy to suddenly being a teenager but we can see there's been quite the change. He's grown out his hair. He's doing some extreme stunts with this. Really, something really cool that I think any kid or even anyone now would really want to have. This solar sailor, where he's just—it's basically a hoverboard with a sail, and it's really cool. You get to watch him do all this stuff, and with the score, oh, masterpiece, masterpiece. And you can definitely see there's been quite the change with him, not just physically, but mentally as well. You can see that he's a lot more getting into more trouble. And we can see that as the Robocops, because after he breaks something and sets off an alarm, after all the stunts, he is brought home by robotic police officers. And we can see that his mother is not, this isn't the first time that this has happened that his mother has dealt with this a lot lately and 
she thanks the officers, and they, like, if this happens again, he's going to prison. So we can already see that he's become quite the problem kid. And you can notice that he has these dark circles around his eyes, or just around that whole area of his eyes in general. It's just this dark, just unhappiness. His clothes are all dark and black. Some dirty browns. A friend of the family is there, and he and they talk about after he comes back the fact that he just isn't the same after his dad left, which is just terrible. It just really just puts into perspective the kind of themes we're going to be exploring in this movie of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a son, a father, what it means to grow up and that's very important as we'll see throughout this film some time passes we see him brooding on this on the roof of his mother's restaurant and then he sees this weird little sputter in the distance and then this ship just crashes into the dock and he runs down and you can tell that he may have this bad streak but he's not a bad kid he's not a bad person he went immediately down to help this guy. He picks him up and he starts sputtering on about the cyborg. The cyborg. And you can tell this he's been through something. So Jim helps him get into his house. <laughs> it's kind of funny. His mom starts reminiscing about him bringing home stray pets. Hoping that she'd let him keep him. And then the family friend opens the door. And there he is holding a old turtle man who's dying slowly and afterwards he the man gives him something it's this golden ball with all these little circuits and circles lining it and it's really really pretty in general just to look at it's something that i hope to get something like a little model of it anyway and we can see that it's important and he should be scared because, oh, pirates attack his house. That's not great. And they burn it down as they escape. I'm just like, well, where, where are you supposed to go from there? And, uh, well, they're resting at the friend's man, really nice house. And his name is Dr. Delbert and he's a tap dog man or dog man it's hard to tell anyway so they're just trying to figure stuff out and Jim is just playing with this ball just messing with the pressing stuff on it and then it opens and this green energy just flows out of it and shows a map a map to the legendary treasure planet where Captain Flint hid all of his treasure now that is a way to start a movie now they're like oh this is the biggest opportunity we have like his mother's against it she's fearful as she should be and but she eventually just lets them lets them go and they get a crew they get everything ready and then we get to meet two more characters well a few more characters rather than two get to meet captain amelia who is a badass lady she's awesome I like her a lot. We also meet some of the crew members and one of the more important characters, Long John Silver, who 
if you'll remember what the old man said, he was, he's a cyborg, which is an interesting detail. And this is really where you can see how amazing they made the CGI look. Because his, everything, all the robotic parts on Long John Silver, or just Silver, they flow seamlessly with the rest of him, which is hand-drawn. Like he has a robotic eye, he's got a robotic arm, and you can just see all this detail as he's, he's the cook, and it's it soon found out that Jim is going to be paired with him, as we can well clearly see. And they aren't too happy about this, because they have, they're, be they're definitely colliding personality-wise. They are very different people. And come to find that he's, well, we'll save that for a little bit. Anyway, he, all these details is cooking, you can watch the arm transform into different things, just snipping what little fruits and stuff they have, chopping up meat, throwing it into the pot, just all this detail. And then they take off on this ship, and, ugh. The way the ship looks is amazing. It flows so well with this very colonial yet futuristic sort of world. It's very, very amazing. And then we get this, ugh, then the, just the score. I, I highly recommend going and looking up the score for this film. It's amazing. And then we get to, we get to a montage of seeing Silver and Jim bonding together very it, it invokes very father and son feelings and it's I think it's very important to a lot of people who I'm like I'm very lucky to have a good father in my life and I know folks who didn't which breaks my heart but seeing this makes me happy because you see the two just grow and that becomes very important later on when not only do you notice that the some of the crew members especially a guy named Scroop aren't exactly the most favorable types Scroop and Jim had a bit of a tussle early on and he doesn't like him well, on their voyage to the mythical treasure planet, following the map that only Jim can open, which comes becomes important, they find themselves getting sucked into a black hole. And it's a very harrowing experience, especially with the score, just like giving us the tension and just insanity of oh no, we're all gonna die. So, they start tying these lines and Jim just starts making sure everyone's nodded to the mast of the ship. But, however, Scroop, being Scroop and a slimy person, or not really a person, he's a scorpion crab person. Ugly. And he cuts the vice captain, Mr. Arrow's line. And once they get out, they notice he's not there. Scroop blames what happens to Mr. Arrow on him, on Jim. 
where he's he freaks out. He's like, no, 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 I, I checked. I made sure. And then he gets over there and he finds the line gone. He's like, no, I, I checked. I, I swear. And you can just see this distraught on his face that he just, he thought he got something right. And you can see this later. He's sitting on the rope ladders that lead up higher into the mass and into the crow's nest. And Jim walk, and Silvers walks up and he's like, it's not, it wasn't your fault, you know? I mean, half the crew would be dead. And Jim just cuts him off. He's like, don't you get it? For once, I thought I got something right. For once. And I... And he just, just goes over and leans against the eyes. Just, just, he just says, forget it. And Silvers grabs him by the shoulder and just gives this wonderful speech of just, hey, listen. One, you will get to just, I can't even explain it because it's such a great speech. It basically just boils down to when you get the chance to test yourself, to test your sails. I hope I'm there, catching some of the that light that comes off you that day. And it's just very impactful. And you just see that the, throughout this film, these two have been just bonding. And Jim gets to have the father that, as we saw in the montage, he didn't get to have. And that's why his theme in the song is called I'm Still Here. Because he is still there. Still waiting. But his dad never came back. And it also gives another little peek into who Silvers truly is as he tells more of his, his surrogate parrot, but also this cute little ball of just pink goo that floats around and changes into things. Is, it's very adorable. The next thing they'll know, they'll saying he's gone soft, but he already has. He already has gone soft. I mean, who else? Who, how else would you describe the way he gave that speech to Jim? Then, not only encouraging, but being, but for someone who's supposed to be hard, and you know, a pirate, he's gone soft. And his crewmates question him on this. He's like, especially his crew. Who's one of his crew? I don't like Scrooge. He's a evil crab. And it all and Jim hears all this and they he straight up says that the boy means nothing. All while he's hiding in a barrel of fruit. And he climbs out when Silver's back is turned and just stands there staring at him. And when Silver's notices, you can see this like heartbreak on his face where he's just like, oh no. Jim runs off and then the mutiny happens and all hell breaks loose. Everyone starts, the pirates break in to the ship's armory weapons and start trying to murder Captain Amelia, the Doctor, and Jimbo. Now, luckily, there are lifeboats that we see earlier in the film, so they easily get one of those and get a, luckily escape after 
getting chased, and Jim almost could have gotten shot by Silvers. Had, Silvers had him in his sights, had him locked on with his eye, but he just couldn't do it. He hesitated. He let him go because he couldn't bear to hurt him. It's, you can even hear it in his voices. <laughs> and they get away, causing some damage to the ship and also some of the pirate crew along the way. And they crash land on this odd planet. It's covered in vegetation and giant mushrooms, but if you look close enough, you'll see all these like metal bits and metal tubings coming out. Now Jim, at behest of the doctor, goes and tries to find a way, as they are now stuck on this planet with pirates looking for them, because Jim has the map. And Amelia, Captain Amelia gets hurt, and the doctor tries to help her, and Jim walks off. Well, Jim manages to find a robot named Ben. Now, Ben is hilarious, at least to me. I find him very a very funny and just a nice character to have around. He's full of personality, and he's clearly also nuts. He's crazy, and... He gets he, the Ben, the robot. Hey, let's go to my house. You see this giant metal fixture thing that is apparently his house. And they go there and, well, as Jim left for a bit, they got captured by the pirates afterwards. And Captain Amelia and the doctor are have had a very budding kind of back and forth with one another for a long time and they're both captured and held at gunpoint by the pirates leaving Jim one option that he has to take them to where the map leads so they follow the map this laser line that leads them to a cliff a dead end at least that's what the pirates think at first until one of them knocks over Jim onto this little hole. Well, not really a hole, more like a divot in the ground. Pushing some of the moss off, pushing some of the moss off, he looks at the, and in this map, this little un divot in the ground. And he notices, huh, the map and this mound have the same looking circles and connections. So, with desperation and not knowing what else to do to, you know, not die, because they were all threatening to kill him, he pushes the map into this little divot, and suddenly this, all this whirring and the earth, the ground starts to shake. And then all of a sudden, all these lights from a cliff from the cliff start shooting up, and this gate opens, and they figure out this is how Flint got around. He opened this stargate and it allowed him to pick from this holographic map of anywhere in the universe that he could get to instantly. You just had to pick the right spot. And this would become important later because we can see that the crescent moon, we get to see the crescent moon base that we were on before, all these other worlds, and just the imagination of what these people came up with for this universe comes out. You see 
sandstorms, you see these creatures, you see all sorts of worlds, and it's amazing. And Silvers pushes them out of the way, and he's like, but which one's the right one? And just starts hitting all these, opening, closing, opening, closing the door. Until Jim stops him, and is like, you just gotta pick the right one. He presses it, opens, and you see this sphere. Or more like, not a sphere, you get to see that later, where it pulls back. You see all these lights shooting into this metal core. And there, on that core, is the treasure. Millions of gold and jewels and everything that you could think of as a pirate's treasure times by hundreds of thousands. It's quite the sight. And But then you notice something. As Silvers pushes into the room, the gate lets him through. There's a little laser wire that he... You know, walks right through, not even thinking. Everyone does. And then, after some time, they start grabbing everything they can. They, they're so excited to find this treasure. And Jim and Ben, who came with them, looks over and they see Flint's ship. So, he, he and Flint walk him and Ben walk over to the ship they get on board and they see Captain Flint. Well, his dead skeleton corpse anyway. Turns out that Ben used to be a part of Flint's crew. This robot. And Jim notices that the mind that Ben's been complaining about trying to find for all these years was in Flint's clutches. And that skeletal hand just gripped around it. So, naturally, Jim walks over, ranzo, runs over, grabs that, and just rips it out of his hands. And going over, he puts it into Ben's head, and immediately attaches, and Ben's insanity just goes away. It's like, I was trying to remember something, something about Flint's treasure. Something, a trap? A trap. Oh. And then, immediately, you hear yelling. The camera looks over, and all those cannons that were firing start shooting at the treasure and at the pirates. And then you immediately notice that everything starts to go. The planet is self-destructing, because Flint didn't want anyone to have his treasure. Flint didn't want anyone to find his treasure. And even if they did, he'd make sure they didn't get out alive. So, he set the planet to explode if that line was crossed into his treasure. So, people start panicking. Silvers yells at some of the pirates that are running away to get back there. But some start falling into these pits as the treasure starts getting melted and just as the lasers are cutting through all this treasure just starts falling through Silvers's hands and he starts panicking as he stayed early you keep up a lot for a dream and he starts to grab and he doesn't know what to do and he looks over and sees the ship he sees sparks find out that Jim is trying to get the old pirate ship to work again. Trying to get it to work. 
and Silver's tries to stop, well, Ben tries to stop him, but get, Jim gives the best death glare ever, and he says, oh, well, bye, Jim, and just leaves. Well, he, Jim couldn't get her running as Silver's climbs aboard, and Jim holds him at sword point, and just stay back, but he couldn't attack Silver's either in the end. And that's when, unluckily, one of the lasers cuts through the middle of the ship, and Jim almost falls to his death as he clings to the machinery that's slowly going away. He's hanging on for dear life. As one ledge falls away, he falls down into another one deeper. As Silvers tries his best to get the piles of gold and jewels that he found, that he sees on Flint's ship, he's trying to keep it. As he then tries to save Jim, but he can't. He has to make a decision. Either save the boy, or keep the treasure. And it's a Disney movie, so he lets go of the treasure and the ship, discarding it forever, Leap and saving Jim as they both run out of the portal and, and back to the ship, where, as we, we see in a cutaway early on, that the Doctor and Amelia have escaped, thanks to the fact that the Doctor's hands and wrists are very slim, so he's able to easily just slip out of his roped bonds and holds the muscle-bound guy at gunpoint. He's like, you looking for this? And as they get on the ship, they start, they have to escape, they have to get out of here as the world just starts to explode. And in the end, it's up to Jim because they realize the only way they're gonna get out of here is back through the portal, back through that door. So, with Silvers's help and a little bit of morphs, they rig together this Jimmy-rigged solar, well, not really a solar, more like a cannon board that Jim can use to get to the door and hit the right button. And you get this amazing sequence that you'll see in the trailer if you watch it, of him just diving and weaving and doing all these tricks and just getting through, and then the harrowing sequence where you think just for a moment, just for a little while, that he's not going to make it, that he's out of fuel, that he's screwed. But in the end, he does, in this amazing way, he... As when the cannon stalls, he's, I don't know how to reignite this, and you just see, in the score, you just feel this, your heart just drops to your feet as you hear the score, and Ben counting down to how much time they have left. And then Jim just takes the board and smashes it against the wall and scrapes it, scrapes down, and does that over and over until it ignites, and he flies and just a little bit before the ship crusting over his head as he gets the portal, hits it, and they escape. Now, you see, they celebrate, and Jim has to make a choice as he finds Silver's trying to escape. And he decides to let Silver's go and return as Silver's starts slowly floating away in his lifeboat 
He says, uh, here. And throws up what little he took from Flint's treasure. He says, give that to your mom for me as repayment for destroying her restaurant. As he, with a laugh, flies away. And as they return back. And the end scene comes in, you see Jim is no longer in those dark clothes which throughout the movie had been changing slowly, getting lighter and lighter from this dark black jacket to a tan shirt at, towards the end, and then as we see police coming in, they let Jim through, and there he is, all in white. As the dark circles are no longer around his eyes, he's happy again. He's cut his hair short, and he dances with his mother as the ending of the movie comes to a close and you see a cloud of John Silver's in his eye which lights up which I always took it as Silver's looking from a distance that Jim did get to guide his own course and be happy and if you get anything out of this, please go watch this movie if you haven't. And if you have, go see it a second, a third, a fourth time. Show it to everybody. Because this movie is amazing. Of course, there's some rough parts. Some of the jokes don't land all the time. There's a mon there's an alien that's basically a fart monster. That just speaks with fart sounds. Not the best. Sure, for the young kiddos. It's hilarious, but after a while, it starts to grade, but it doesn't go on for too long. The designs of everything are imaginative and smart. The story is something for everyone, something that, for me as a kid, I felt like, after hearing a speech like that from the Silvers in the middle, you just get this overwhelming, just... I can do anything and just show that but it even shows that more when you look at Jim as a character he's this kid with all these bright things in his heart but he just after everything he's been through the trauma of losing his dad and seeing him leave you just have to understand the fact that a lot of people feel that way that after Someone they cared about just up and leaves. Whether it be a relationship, whether it be family, whether it be a friend, whether it be a romantic partner, any relationship that's just suddenly broken. It affects them for a long time. And it doesn't matter whether it's... It doesn't matter where it's from. Relationships are what make us people. It's what makes us who we are. It helps build on every aspect and the way we think the way we feel the way we react to things what we can learn and I think that's one of the most important things is learning and we can see Jim learn from his mistakes learn to be a better person learn to be that person that we see at the end of the film he learns gradually it's not instant it's not just a snap of your fingers it takes time but well, we all can't have. But it it takes time, but probably less time for him because after the film, it seems that he 
do what he wanted to do. But we all go on our own pace. We're all not a Jim Hawkins. But we can all progress to be one. And we can all hope that we have someone in our lives that affects us like Silvers does, Jim. Because Jim plots his own course and light comes off him that day. Now this is the end of our episode and I hope I've at least gave you listeners some a new movie to watch and a new movie to experience. Please, if you haven't watched this movie, please go watch it on anything you can. I believe it's on Disney Plus, or it should be. Please, go watch this movie. If enough people watch it, maybe they'll make a new one. I hope they do, because I want to see more of this world. I want to see more of Jim's story, of what he's going to do now, of what his future is going to lie ahead, of what course he's going to chart next. Because, if anything, we all can see a little bit of ourselves in Jim Hawkins. Thank you. And if I don't see you, good morning, good evening, and good night. Thank you for listening to the Memory Box.